to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. I'm Lynn Poindexter and you're watching the 3 Before. Thank you so much to everyone who worked so hard to make Vacation Bible School such a great time. We saw well over 30 children in attendance and had numerous people serving to make the week special. Even with the change in schedule and the flow of the week, we saw God move in the lives of children and adults in many ways. Thank you to those who served and those who attended. Our men's dinner meets on the first Wednesday of each month at 6 p.m. It is a great time of food and fellowship as men from both campuses join together for the evening. The next men's dinner will be on Wednesday, July 5th at 6 p.m. at Crossroads Restaurant on Kirkwood Highway. You can text Kevin Sturgis at 302-824-5625. Our men's breakfast meets on the third Saturday of every month at 7.30 a.m. The location for this month's breakfast has not yet been determined. To learn more, contact Bryce Maynard at 302-546-9388. Because we want to be a blessing to those in need in our community, we are planning another yard sale giveaway on Saturday, August 19th from 8 a.m. till noon at the Bear Campus. We're asking for donations of gently used clothing, children's books, small appliances in their original box, and housewares. You may drop off your items on Friday, August 18th from 6 to 8 p.m. Thanks for being here today. You can find more information about all of our events by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. As we worship together today, our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. Now, let's get ready to worship. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Are you glad to be here today? Amen. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord? The psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Would you stand this morning as we begin? Why did he say that? Because there is joy in the house of the Lord. Partially because we brought the joy today. Partially because God is here and he's here to minister to us. The Holy Spirit is here to move among us. So God, we welcome you today. We give praise to you, God. Shout out your praise, yeah. 
Come on and give the Lord praise in this house today. God, we worship you and we thank you because you alone are God and you are worthy to be praised. And so, Father, we ask you today by the power of your Holy Spirit to move among us. Come and visit us today, Holy Spirit, in a way that only you can. Lord, we lay ourselves down before you. We thank you for the joy that we have in coming together in the house of the Lord to worship together in spirit and in truth. Because you promised that when we are here, that you are here to meet us. So, Holy Spirit, we welcome you today. Move among us. Touch us and change us. In the name of Jesus and everyone said together. Amen. Amen. Come on and give the Lord praise this morning as you're seated. You can be seated this morning. God is good. Amen. And it is good to be in his house, and we welcome you. Uh, We welcome those of you who are in-house. We welcome those of you who are worshiping with us online. Thank you for being with us today. If it's your first time, if you're new here uh, with with Christ the Cornerstone, if you've never been here before or if you've only been here a few times, we want to extend a special welcome to you. Thanks so much for being here with us today. We're so excited to see you. When you leave the room today on the left-hand side of the mall, you'll find our Connect Central 
We invite you to stop by there, pick up a gift that we have for you. You'll have an opportunity to meet some folks from the church, find out about all the ministries that we have going on here at CTC, and see about ways that maybe you might be able to uh, get involved in in ministry and serving uh, here with us to further the mission of, of the kingdom of God. If you're worshiping with us and you're new and you're online, you can uh, click the I'm new here button uh, when that pops up and you can let us know that you're new. Uh, just give us if that, that card that will pop up for you there if you're online. It will ask you for some information. Just give us the basic information that you trust us with. Uh, we promise not to misuse that and we will uh, just be able to send you a thank you for being here and give you some information about some of the things that are going on. At your seat, you have a Connect card that we ask you to fill out whenever you worship with us and whoever's worshiping with you. And uh, so we encourage you to fill that out and let us know that you're here today and who's with you. If you have prayer requests or praise reports, you can let us know about those uh, on that Connect card, and we will be sure to pray over those needs. All right? That's a lot of stuff in a short amount of time, isn't it? Well, welcome, and here's Pastor Roger. Good morning, everybody. Great to see all of you here this morning, and we welcome you who are watching online. We're glad to have you. You are part of us uh, online, even though there's a distance between us, you're still part of what we're doing here in the room, and we're glad you're with us. And, uh, you know, we talk a lot about serving here at Christ the Cornerstone, and uh, that's kind of the theme of the message today, too. But I want to just take a moment and say thank you. Thank you, especially for those of you who participated in our uh, family vacation Bible school. We had a great week. I want to thank April, uh, who's our children's ministry director, and uh, what a wonderful week we've had with the children, and you'll hear a little bit more about that this week. And uh, so serving... Uh, God is one of the best ways we can show. Uh, Jesus calls us to to follow Him, and He did not come. Scripture says to be served, but to serve, and uh, that is indeed how we become followers of Jesus and disciples of Him. So I'm grateful for the way that you take that seriously. Uh, Jesus didn't say come sit in a pew. He didn't say come sit in a chair. He didn't say come and, and let me let me feed you. He didn't say come and get some coffee. He said, follow me and we will serve others uh, for the sake of our, uh, our God, great God, uh, who we worship. So thank you for that. I uh, want to encourage you uh, as, we, as, as we give to one another. That's another way that we grow in our faith by trusting God with all of our resources. And uh, you've got an envelope, as Pastor Bill said, uh, to give something. But it's so much more than just giving money. Um, but that is one way that we give. So we have some scriptures that we read together to, just to inspire us and remind us to put, put our finances and all of our resources in the right place. Have we got one of those scriptures that we can have this morning? There it is. Let's read this out loud together. It comes from Psalm 27, verse 4. Let's read this together. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. The one thing I ask. This is a song that I, I remember singing a long, long time ago that starts with the one thing I ask, but to be in the presence of the Lord. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Let me invite you to stand as we continue to worship and uh, I'll offer this prayer as we uh, move and return to singing praises to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful 
for you and what you give to us and how you provide. Thank you for the purpose that you give to each one of us. There's not one of us that doesn't have value. There's not one of us that doesn't have a role to play. We all have purpose at every moment of every day of our lives. So God, we worship you this morning. We ask you to come and be present with us through Holy Spirit. Fall upon us now, God, as we sing, as we reflect, as we listen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Last week we started a new song called Trust in God. And the lyrics in part, specifically in the bridge, come from Psalm 34, verse 4. And it says, I sought the Lord, and he answered, and he delivered me from all my fears. There's a reason why we can trust God today. It's because his word does not lie. He's a man of his word, and he always tells the truth, and his word is powerful. And so as we worship him today, whatever it is you're asking God for today, he is able. You can trust him with those needs that you have.
Lord, we trust in you. We trust in you, oh God. We trust in your word. We trust the promises that are in your word. Because all of your promises, God, are yes and amen. You cannot lie. What you have promised before, what you have done before, you will do again. We trust you today, God. Father of kindness, you have poured out grace. You brought me out of darkness. You have filled me with peace. Giver of mercy, you're my help in time of need. Lord, I
my God. That is who you are. My God. Not that we have a right to claim any ownership of him, except that he's given himself to us. In the gift of his son, Jesus, which we will celebrate in a few minutes around the table of communion. But that's why we have that authority. For no other reason than because Jesus, God has given it to us in the form of all of those names. And when we sing about those names and when we remember those names and when we read about those names, they're not just titles. They represent what God does in our lives when we are fully yielded to him and we allow him to move in our lives. on 
Thank you that everything is resting on your shoulders. The things that we think we have to carry, the burdens we think we have to bear alone, we don't. In the New Testament, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we've used this analogy in here before, but maybe you don't remember it or you didn't hear it, or I'm just going to repeat it. I think it's worth repeating when we think about Jesus telling us to take his yoke upon us it's not a single yoke that he takes off himself and he puts on us and walks away and pats us on the back and says hope you do good kid if you go up into Amish country take a ride up 896 this afternoon you'll see mules and horses working together and they're wearing yokes that are tied together because Jesus is walking with us through all those circumstances. He's helping us to bear those things. He's helping to lighten the load. So when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, what that does not mean is that the Christian life is easy. Can I get an amen? Right? The Christian life is not easy, but it's completely doable because of who we do that life with. Not only do we do that life with Jesus, but we do that life with each other. Right? We invest in each other's lives. We build relationships where we earn the right to look someone in the eye and say, how are you? And then they know that we're expecting the real answer. Not the, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm doing fine. But they're there for you in those times for the real answer to how are you doing. So when we think about these names of God, Everlasting Father, Prince Emmanuel, God is with us. God is with us in order to help us live the life that he's called us in order to act out the part as we're talking about in this series that he's given us to play but he's also given us each other because actors by themselves I guess there's a place for that kind of theater but we do better when we act together and we play off of one another's characters that's how we're best that's how the kingdom of God functions best when we do it together. So that's why we have things like life groups. That if you're not involved in one, I want to encourage you to get involved in one. Because that's how we do this together. So God, today we pray that as we hear from Pastor Roger the message that you have for us. 
We pray that our hearts would be open to receive from you, that, God, you would teach us, that you would, like the great director, that you would cause, you would create choreography and staging and blocking and movement and, and, and action that helps us to live out what you've called us to do and who you've called us to be in the kingdom of God. Speak to us today, Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. presence of God. We know this week that our nation is celebrating, and uh, we're, we're celebrating our independence as a nation. Many, many years ago, our citizens of the, the colonists decided we need to be on our own, and so they, uh, they expressed their independence. And just as today, we know that colonists back then some agreed to that and others disagreed to that. That's the same thing in our world today. We're, we're, we're always, uh, we're never going to agree on the same thing all the time. But whatever the position, whatever the goal, people on both sides were required to play their part. And so we're, we have this series, Playing Your Part, Acting Out Our Role for the Kingdom of God. To live as a citizen of the kingdom of God requires for us to play our part, to do our role. And as I prayed earlier, we all have a purpose. We all have something to accomplish in that. And we see that in the, first, in the earliest uh, church, the Holy Spirit came first in order to teach and in order to equip and in order to give us the power to be able to do what God was asking us to do. So we're looking at the book of Acts to see how those first followers acted out. We see they were given great boldness after God gave the Holy Spirit. Peter, for example, a couple weeks ago we talked about him having great boldness to go and proclaim Jesus is the resurrected one. He is the only one through whom we have salvation. And then last week we talked about Barnabas, encouraging and with great generosity. Barnabas, he's the one that, he owns some property on the, on the island of Cyprus, and he, or island of Crete, and he sold it. I have some friends who live down in Georgia uh, on, on an island uh, off the coast of Georgia, and they, many years ago they were able to get a piece of property, and uh, it is worth so much more today because people love to live on islands, right? 
So Barnabas gave, he sold his property and he gave the money to others for the sake of the kingdom of God. He played his part. As we go through this message this morning, I want you to think about what is your part? What has God equipped you to do? What is the Holy Spirit motivating you to do, equipping and and giving you the generosity to do for others? That's kind of the, the, the main question. So today we're going to talk about a man named Stephen. And then we're going to go back and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Vacation Bible School, what we just had, and we're going to talk about Daniel, two two characters, two people who played their part in the kingdom of God. Let's start with Stephen from Acts chapter 6, verses 8 through 15. Let's follow along as I read that. The scripture says, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power. Now, we're talking, the first thing we noticed uh, a couple weeks ago is that God fills his people with his Holy Spirit. So let's, let's make sure that all these characters are being filled with the Holy Spirit. And this verse says, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power. Now, it doesn't say the Holy Spirit, but how do you get God's grace and God's power in your life except that the Holy Spirit is going to bring it to you? And because he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. Now, what are they talking about? They're talking about uh, Stephen was one of seven men who were selected out of the group of disciples. Now, the apostles had gotten to a point, the church had grown, the Holy Spirit had come, the church had grown, thousands of people were placing their faith in Jesus Christ. And they knew that they they needed still to take care of those people who needed. Remember, serving, as I said earlier, is a significant part of our commitment to follow Jesus. Just because we have Jesus in our heart doesn't mean that we stop doing things. It's not just an inner experience. It's an outer experience. We play our part. And the church also at that time still wanted to follow the teaching of God from the Old Testament to take care of the widows, to take care of the orphans, to take care of the children. And they noticed that as the Christian church expanded and included the Jewish people, and now it included the non-Jewish people, they recognized that the Jewish widows and orphans and children were being cared for, but the non-Jewish ones were not. And so the apostles said, we've got, to, we've got to fix this inequality. We've got to take care of both the, the Jews and the non-Jews. And so with God's wisdom, they said, let's select seven people to administer the distribution of the food and the money so that everybody is cared for. Stephen was one of those seven he was asked to, give a, to, 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 to act out in an administrative task to, to make sure, okay, here's an inventory of what we got. Here's an inventory of the people who need something. Let's get the tooth together. And so some of us, like me, I, that, that's just an overwhelming task. We've got a pile of this. We've got a pile of that. I'm the one that says, okay, y'all who need, go get what you want. Well, that might not work. And some of the organizers among us are going to say, well, there's a better way to do it. We can do it with order. We can make sure everybody has what they need. And so so God needs people like Stephen who can organize things. 
And so the church selected Stephen. They prayed over him. And the Holy Spirit was still. He was full of the Holy Spirit. And so through Stephen, even though his job, we might call it a menial task, and by menial, I don't mean less important than any other task. It's just a different kind of task. It's a day-to-day task. So he, but even through that day-to-day task, he performed amazing miracles and signs among God's people. Have you ever met an administrator that performs amazing signs and miracles among the people? I don't hear a yes. <laughs> that doesn't mean the answer is no. But God is choosing these people to do amazing things. All of us be filled with the Holy Spirit. All right, verse 9. But, it's always a but, right? But one day, some men from the synagogue of the freed slaves, as it was called, started to debate with Stephen. Now, they were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Cilicia, and the province of Asia. Now, if you know your geography, you know that that's a wide region. So these were men from all over the place that started arguing and debating with Stephen. I don't know what they were saying. They don't tell us what they were saying. But it says in verse 10, none of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. Spoke. There's a good word. Spoke. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. They couldn't convince Stephen of their argument. So what did they do? They did the same thing that we do in our world today. You want to take down a leader? You want to take down someone who's got power? Start spreading lies about that person. (laughs) Verse 11 says, So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, saying, We heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. Now they knew that this would, this would get the people excited, and so it roused the people and the elders and the teachers of religious law. Which ones? The, the Jewish ones. The, the Christian church had not, been, had not developed yet in order to have such an organization, but, but the Christian church is getting there. So it roused the people, the elders, the teachers of religious law, and they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. It continues in verse 12. The lying, the liars, the lying witnesses said, this man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. We've heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple. He's going to ruin your traditions. That great building that you helped put up, he's going to take it down. (gasps) Oh, no. We've heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs that Moses handed down. He's going to ruin your traditions. And at this point, at this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen. What do you think their stare said? (laughs) How dare you? Who do you think you are? You're blaspheming. But look what happened. They stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as the angel's. What do you think that indicates? When have we, when, are, when in other scriptures have we seen a person's face glow bright as angels? Can you think of one? Moses, 
Moses was, came down from the mount after receiving the Ten Commandments. He had been in the presence of God, and he was glowing because God, he was with God. When's another time in the New Testament? Jesus, uh, at the transfiguration, he takes Peter, James, and John up the mountain, and, and there they meet with God, and there's this bright light. Jesus is glowing as he meets with Moses and Elijah. And Stephen now is glowing with the presence of God with him. There are two, two simple observations I want to make about this story. And the first one is that the core of Christian commitment is service. God calls us to use our abilities for the service of God's purposes. I said earlier in the service, God created each one of us with purpose. You have purpose. God has a plan for your life. Whether you're young or whether you're old, whether, whether you're a teenager, a, a young adult, or, or a middle-aged man or a woman, God has a purpose for you. And, and all of us at these life transitions, at these stages, we need to be asking God, what is the purpose that you have for not just my life, but for me today, God? Wake up in the morning and we say, God, what is it you'll have to do today? Here's the, the agenda that I have, God. Now, what agenda do you have for me? Is your, uh, uh, do you want me to change anything on my plans for today? That's a good question to ask because sometimes we plan to do things that we know are against God's will. <laughs> and giving ourselves an opportunity to make a course correction at the beginning of the day is not a bad practice to get into. The core of Christian commitment is service. That's why we love, serve, and engage at Christ the Cornerstone. Because we are learning to be followers of Jesus Christ, to be his students. And Jesus doesn't just say, contain this knowledge in your head of me. That's not all that Jesus says. I've been in Bible studies with people for years. been a pastor for 26 years. And before that, I was a, a youth director. I was constantly teaching the Bible to people. And I finally got sick of teaching the Bible the same thing to the same people over and over again. Stop. Go out and act on the scriptures that you're learning. And you're not, Jesus is saying, you're not learning it until you're doing it. And I don't care how much, how much knowledge of the Bible you have in your head. If you're not doing it, you're not fulfilling what Jesus is asking you to do. We, we, we've studied the Bible over and over and over. How many times do you have to study it in order to get it? Jesus even said that to his disciples. They watched him do, the, they watched him do miracles twice, feeding 5,000 people, and then in the next chapter, feeding, or two chapters after that, feeding another 4,000 people after that. And, and then, the, then the disciples ask him one more time, where are we going to get our food, God? And Jesus turns to them, don't you get it? <laughs> Act on what Jesus is teaching us to do. I'm preaching to me, too. I get it. I get it. The core of Christian commitment is service. Secondly, God does His greatest work through ordinary people. 
If you get my email, and if, by the way, if you don't get my email, please write down on the Connect card or on the offering. I'll make sure I've got your correct email address. And if you don't get it by this week, check your spam folder, because I said in my article in, in the email that I just sent out on Friday. I've forgotten what I said on Friday. Who read it? Who remembers? <laughs> uh, it had something to do with this. Oh, ordinary people. That's what it was. Just look at your notes, Roger. You'll stay on track. What did I talk about? Ordinary people. Oh, well. Anyway, God uses ordinary people. I wrote about it. Go look it up (laughs) in in the email that I sent out. Stephen, uh, God uses ordinary people. Don't wait for God to make you extraordinary to do what God wants you to do. God will give you the ability to do what God wants you to do. But he wants to know that you're willing and available. And oftentimes, he wants us to step out first. Because when God sees us step out, that means that he he sees that we're willing to trust him. So many times in my life have I said, Oh God, show me the path that you want me to go. Teach me the next step that you want me to go on. And all God will teach me, show me, is the next step. I remember Pastor Bill saying this too. And God's not going to show me the next one until he sees me walk out on the first one that he gives me. All right, what's next? Now, there have been times in my life when, 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 when I've seen this is the way I want to go. But even when I've seen that, take education, for example. And, and God, I knew that God wanted me to be a pastor, and it required some education to, to do that. And that education required some money. But God didn't provide the money until I stepped out and, and applied to the school. Or I stepped out and said to, the, said to the church, I think God's calling me to be a pastor. Then God provided the money. Ordinary people. I, was, I, I don't think I'm extraordinary. Oh, that's what I wrote in the article. If we all were extraordinary, that would be ordinary. <laughs> Stephen was not equipped to stand trial. Stephen did not glow with the presence of God until he stepped out and acted according to, the, according to God's will for him. To what is God calling you? Maybe even today. Maybe you're at a decision point today. Maybe you'll, you'll do something today and you'll get to a situation. You don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. God may put you in a place. Are you willing to trust God and act? Trusting Him to provide what you need? Are you willing to say yes to God's call? Even today, even for this moment. Or, I don't know what God's calling you to do. But God will equip you to fully fulfill your part that He calls you to do. So God always uses ordinary people to do extraordinary work for His purposes. And Stephen is a New Testament example. Now let's, now let's talk about an Old Testament example. I'm going to need the help of some of the kids who are... Family Vacation Bible School, or, or even if you weren't at Family Vacation Bible School, I want us to act out the story of Daniel and the lion's den. So if you're willing to help me, young ones, act this out. I need somebody. Here comes Catherine already. I need somebody to be, to be Daniel. All right. Josh is up here. If you want to, we need a couple characters. So if you want to come up, there you go. There we are. All right. Woo-hoo. Here we go. So. Catherine was first, we're going to let you be Daniel, okay? You can be Daniel. You're Darius. You're the king. Woo. 
What does a king look like? I should, I should have a little crown for you. Awesome, awesome. So Daniel, King Darius, you guys really do like each other. You're friends, and you trust each other. And Darius, you're the king. No, no, yes, yes. And, and he, he trusts you so much that he gives you great power and authority. And over here, we've got, I need some more help. We've got, we've got a jealous administrator. You've got to look jealous. You've got to look angry. You don't like Daniel because Daniel has what you want. Okay? Daniel has power. Daniel has money. And you've got, you have, you have some power, but it's just this little area right here where you're, you're kind of like the leader of this area. And so you're there to administer. But you, but you want to be where Daniel is, but you can't. So... You're jealous. <laughs> you want to know what you are, Rowan? Yeah. You're the lions. Lions? You're the lions. <laughs> Roar. So let's put you in the lion's den. All right. Anybody else want to be a lion with, with, with Rowan? Come over here, Rowan. Oh, awesome. Nice. Good job. Good job. All righty. So we've got the lion's den. We have the jealous uh, administrator, the leader of, of different regions. We've got King Darius, and we've got Daniel. And I'm the narrator. King Darius divided his kingdom into regions, and he appointed rulers over each area. Darius gave Daniel and two others authority over the administrators. So you come over here. And, 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 and give the administrator a bossy look. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right. All right. So, Darius gave Daniel and two others authority over the rulers, but the rulers were jealous of Daniel, and the rulers made a plan to kill Daniel. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. You look too happy. You're mad. You're angry. All right. So, the jealous administrator comes up with a plan. And I want you to say this as loud as you can, okay? Repeat after me. Oh, great Darius. Got to talk to Darius. Oh, great Darius. Oh, great Darius. People should worship you. People should worship you. And nobody else. And nobody else. For the next 30 days. For the next 30 days. You should say. You should say. Anyone who prays. Anyone who prays. To anyone but you. Shall be thrown in the lion's den. Shall be thrown in the lion's den. Excellent. And so you're the king. So you, you heard that idea. And you think, oh, that's a good idea. I'm wonderful. I'm super. People should worship me. And you say, okay. Okay. <laughs> Let it be written. Let it be written. Let it be done. Let it be done. All right. And then Darius signed the law. Sign the law. Put your name on the law. There you go. There you go. And when Daniel learned about it, Daniel went to his room to pray. Where's your room? I'll just put your room up here and pray. Because, so Daniel's doing exactly what the king said not to do. Daniel went to his room to pray as he always did. Now, when the jealous officials saw Daniel praying, look at Daniel. <laughs> saw Daniel praying, they, they got even more jealous. They ran over to the king 
They said, King Darius, King Darius. King Darius, King Darius. King Darius said, what do you want? What do you want? Daniel, and then Daniel is praying to the God of Israel. Daniel is praying to the God of Israel. And you signed the law. And you signed the law. He must be thrown into the lion's den. Ready for this one? King Darius looked shocked. Looked shocked. Really? Oh, he doesn't know what to say. King Darius became sad. All right. King Darius got angry. Oh, come on. Get angry at your brothers. <laughs> oh, he says, a king must do what a king must do. Say that. Throw Daniel into the lion's den. Throw Daniel into the lion's I want you to say that with some authority. Throw Daniel into the lion's den. Throw Daniel into the lion's Good job. Good job. All right, so then the jealous administrator comes over and takes Daniel. Come on, Daniel. Throws Daniel into the lion's den. And the lion, boy, they're hungry. <laughs> and King Darius sealed Daniel into the lion's den. You got to get a little closer. There you go. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. In the lion's den with a big stone so that no one could rec- re- rescue him. And then he went home to his palace, King Darius. And, but he refused to eat or watch his usual evening entertainment. And he could not sleep all night. But meanwhile, during the night, the angel of the Lord was with Daniel. And the angel of the Lord shut the mouths of the lion. <laughs> well, I thought about having a candy bar just to occupy you, but, but the line's pretty, pretty wild. So that they did not eat Daniel. In the morning, the king rose up and ran to the lion's den. And he shouted, Daniel! Daniel! Servant of the living God! Was your God able to rescue you from the lion's? And King Darius waited for the answer. And then the king heard his reply. Daniel shouted from the den, Long live the king! Long live the king! My God sent his angel, My God sent his angel to shout, shut the lion's mouth so they would not hurt me. And the king was overjoyed <laughs> and ordered Daniel to be lifted from the den. And not a scratch was found on him, for he, because he had trusted his God. And then the king gave new orders. Arrest those men. Arrest those men. And throw them into the den. And throw them into the den. Along with their wives and children. Along with their wives and children. (laughs) That was hard to say. (laughs) Oh, and then the lions. We know what happened. We know. And then King Darius made this other proclamation. He said, he sent this message to the people of every race and every nation and every language throughout the world, and this is what it said, for he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and he saves his people. He performs miracles, signs, and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. And so Daniel prospered during the reign of King Darius and during the reign of Cyrus, 
the Persian, the end. Thank you for coming. Now, let me go get a, let me go get a microphone, Catherine. Catherine had some, uh, she wanted to share something. I'll hold this. What did you want to share with us about Family Vacation Bible School? That was awesome. That was good. So we learned about Daniel in the lion's den. What's another story about Daniel you learned? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Good. Anything else you want to tell us about Family VBS? Um, I like the way we made the jewelry and made the jewelry. Yes, made jewelry, and we had lots of skits uh, about Daniel and his experiences. So excellent. Very good. Thank you, Catherine for sharing with us. Good. All right. God calls us to act our part in the kingdom of God. We don't know what that's going to be. God equips us to do that through the giving of his Holy Spirit. Stephen's service and courage show that. Daniel's commitment to serve God and others, show that also. How are you going to show that in your life? Your trust in God, your trust in Jesus Christ, your willingness to trust Him. How will you prepare? With prayer, like Daniel? With fasting? With Bible reading? Let's take time to pray. Reflect on these simple stories as we prepare to receive this sacrament this morning. In our church, we invite anyone who wants to, whether you're a member of the church or not, we invite you to come and receive uh, this sacrament this morning. I want to invite those who are going to come and serve, if you would come and prepare uh, to serve at this time. And as you come this morning, we're going to have three three stations. We serve by intinction here, which means to dip. That's all. Intinction is just a big Latin word for dipping. So as you come forward, and you can come down any of the aisles that we've got towards the stairs, um, uh, you come and, and the server will break a piece of the bread off and place it in your hands, and then you can take your bread and dip just a corner of your bread into the juice, and then you may eat the juice. Uh, if, you, if you need gluten-free <clears throat> uh, wafers and juice, they will be on these small baskets here on the center table. Also on the center table are prepackaged uh, wafers and juice. If you prefer not to dip uh, your communion, you can just come and take, take one of these uh, and, and receive your communion that way. Let's pray together before we, let's pray before we receive. Father, we thank you for giving yourself to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Even Daniel in the Old Testament God was filled with your spirit. There is no way he could have done what he did without your presence being with and upon him. We thank you and we rejoice in these testimonies, these acts, these miracles, these signs, and these wonders. God, we also know that you, you bring ordinary people. Daniel was an ordinary person. Stephen, an ordinary person. So, God, we look for the ways in which you are equipping us, but we also know, God, that we need to open ourselves to you. We thank you for Jesus, who didn't think himself 
above becoming human. And so he humbled himself as a servant, ultimately upon the cross. And we remember as we received this sacrament, God, that that night before he was betrayed, he took the bread, he gave thanks to you, he broke the bread, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Whenever you eat this, remember me. And when the supper was over, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks to you and he gave it to his disciples and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins and the giving of new life. So Jesus, we come before you this morning thanking you for all these things, but also asking you to forgive us for not trusting in you. Forgive us for thinking that we can live life on our own energy. Forgive us, God, for thinking that we know how to live our lives better than you do. You're our creator. Who are we to think that we would know better than you? So we humble ourselves before you this morning. We ask for your forgiveness. And we ask your Holy Spirit continue to fall upon us by our trust in you just ordinary people, God, but you have an extraordinary task for us to accomplish, and you're calling each of us to do that. Some of us will do it in, in, in ways that will be obvious and, and, and get great publicity from others. Some of us, God, will serve you in quiet, simple, unknown ways to others doesn't matter what you call us to do. You simply call us to be obedient and to trust in you. So Holy Spirit, come upon us. Come upon these simple gifts of bread and juice from the vine. That that somehow in this experience, your grace, your power, your wisdom is coming to us to guide us and lead us. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give us a moment to just get ourselves ready and then you can come down the aisles to receive this sacrament as you will. And I want to encourage you after you, so you guys are going to go over to that side. I want to encourage you to uh, come and kneel at the platform area um, after you receive to just offer a prayer. Every heart. 
Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. God, we worship you today. We thank you for your spirit moving among us. We thank you for the chance to remember your sacrifice on our behalf. We thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit that comes and helps us. Helps us to live, helps us to worship you. Helps us to act out the part, play the part that we've been given. So, Father, we pray that you would encourage us as we go today. Strengthen us, guide us, give us wisdom, continue to direct us, teach us how to play the part that you've given us. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. We hope you have a great week.